Welcome to the Tanjo Tech Talk Podcast, where we take 15 minutes each Wednesday to help you upskill on a topic related to machine learning. We'll also sometimes include longer lectures and talks we give on other subjects. I hope you enjoy, and if you have any questions, you can reach out to me, Will Jarvis, at will at tanjo.ai. Thanks. Well, hey, Maria, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you, Will? I'm great. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, I wanted to get started. Could you just give us a, a brief bio and uh, some of the technologies you're interested in at the moment? Sure. Um, so I'm currently a VP of Machine Learning Architecture for NCI Information System. Uh, we are an integrator that develops AI and ML for uh, our government customer. Uh, in terms of my background, uh, I have spent uh, about 10 years supporting our healthcare uh, contracts around CMS. So um, I have worked a lot with uh, fraud detection using AI ML specifically as it relates to healthcare, um, as well as uh, um, uh, traditional data analytics um, uh, and so on. Um, in terms of technologies I'm interested in, um, I'm always interested in uh, anything that has to do with data. Uh, data ingestion, uh, data manipulation, um, machine learning, and so on. Um, I do like uh, uh, how uh, bird transformers are evolving. That is probably one of my favorite open source models at the moment. Um, yeah. That's great. Uh, could you maybe, for the audience that uh, might not know what bird is, could you just describe what bird is and what you can do with it? I know there's a lot of applications. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, BERT is an uh, open source model that was created by Google, and it stands for uh, Bidirectional um, Transformers. Uh, there are quite a few um, uh, iterations of BERT, uh, and uh, it usually applies to natural language processing. Uh, depending on how exactly the model was trained, uh, it could be uh, used for general language as well as for specialized topics. Uh, it could be used to... Uh, our chatbots uh, or text categorization uh, or Q&A. Um, it could be used to uh, define the, the sentiment um, uh, of a sentence and, and so on. So it's a great tool specifically for natural language processing. That's great. So anything to do with text, it's really good at text. Yes, exactly. Good stuff. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll include the link to some of the documentation so people can, can check that out. I think it's a really cool tool. Um, Mm -hmm. Maria, I've seen you manage quite a few uh, very complex technology projects and do a really good job at it. Um, are there any, you know, approaches and like tips you have? And are there big things people often miss when you're managing, you know, really big projects that you need to need to manage successfully? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I rely on our um, Empower Engineering Framework. It is actually a great tool for me to guide me through the process. Uh, but uh, uh, the first step uh, in any process is to identify uh, the requirement, the, the requirements, the purpose, um, uh, initial user stories, backlog, data sources, process and workflow, design documents, pretty much gather as much information as possible before you even start a project. Uh, we usually do agile software development, and I am a big proponent of Agile, but one of the things that I see a lot, people confuse Agile with having no plan, and that is absolutely not the case. 
uh, you don't have to know how to build something, but you have to have a pretty clear idea of what you are building, like what your final product is supposed to do. Then you can use agile methodologies to uh, build that desired capability. The other challenge that I see a lot uh, specifically in um, AI ML related projects is uh, lack of training data and honestly, lack of understanding what training data is and uh, how much we need. So oftentimes we tell the customer that we need training data and they come back and they tell us, oh yeah, we have tons of data. And what they don't realize is that, first of all, in the world of AI, tons of data means uh, thousands, tens of thousands, a lot of times millions of records. Uh, but even bigger issue is that we need the data that is actually applicable. In other words, if you want to, tra to train AI to identify a dog, then we need a million of images of dogs, which are labeled as dogs. Um, and it is not helpful for us to have millions of images that are not related to dogs. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, so the data labeling is another challenge. Uh, because there is a lot of fascination around unsupervised learning. And sometimes unsupervised learning is great, but it is not as great if you're trying to accomplish a specific thing. Uh, meaning sometimes unsupervised learning allows you to um, uncover uh, certain dependencies you have never thought of, and it would find out something that a uh, human would never have considered but at the same time, if your goal is to achieve uh, a particular uh, task, uh, let's say separate cats from dogs, you need label data. That makes sense. It does seem like it's a big challenge to get. Uh, like you said, I don't think people realize the the magnitude of data required. It's like, oh, we've got we've got a hundred examples. That's a lot of examples. But in, in a yeah. lot of cases, that's really not enough. And um, and getting that in a in a good format and enough of it is really important. Um, mm -hmm. how do you go about identifying good use cases for AI and ML in, in the government space? Is it talking to users? You know, you know, how do you think about that? Yeah. Uh, so we go about it in a few different ways. Um, so a lot of the agencies are actually eager, uh, to implement AI. So they come to us and they want to do AI. And in that case, it is actually a matter of uh, tempering their expectation and explaining what AI can and cannot do. So the same as AI knowledge limits. Uh, in some other cases, we have to uh, work um, in the opposite direction and ensure that the uh, government customer actually understands what we do and uh, build their trust, so to speak. Um, the way uh, we approach identification of, of possible um, AI implementation, um, as you said, we talk to the customer, we try to identify their pain points. And from there on, we can figure out how uh, certain things can be automated. Um, to me, the first uh, part of the process is to understand what their challenges are and what takes up a lot of their time. Um, sometimes when customer identifies possible um, application for AI, they would come up with something that takes a human half a day. Well, if it's a one human and it takes them half a day, it is really not a great use case. I don't care how simple the implementation is, it is not efficient to train AI to do that particular task. Now, on the opposite end, if you have something that takes hundreds of humans, uh, uh, thousands of hours, then even if it is a difficult task, uh, all of a sudden I'm much more interested to hear what exactly is done. The other piece that um, I always want to know, again, uh, how do we access the data? 
uh, doesn't exist somewhere where AI can actually access it. Because if it's locked somewhere in a drawer out on the paper and there is no way how we can get it into a system, um, that's a challenge. Uh, I actually have had an interesting case where um, a customer told us that, um, oh no, don't look at this process yet because it's so new, we haven't really figured out how we are going to do it. So we don't want AI doing it yet. We need to figure it out first. And I said, well, that's a perfect time to use AI because you don't have it set in your mind yet that it needs to follow this process ABC. So we are at will to actually do what, what is best and design the process that is efficient. I love that. I love that. You know, you can build it from the ground up. So it sounds like the, the real important things are it needs to be a big enough problem where you can get a big gain from using AI or machine learning in that problem. And you need to have uh, enough data that it's actually feasible. Are, are those two good constraints to think about? I would say, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we need to have enough data. We need to have a, a difficult enough problem and a high enough volume. And uh, of course, going back to training data as well. That's great. I love that. Well, mm -hmm. Maria, um, thank you so much. Are there any other tips you'd like to leave people with? Uh, in terms of AI machine learning and identifying, you know, problems that are really a good fit for it? Oh, that's an interesting uh, point. Um, I would just say uh, look for high volume process, uh, processes, look for the data and see where it leads you. Um, I would also say that there are so many open source models these days where um, when you have a, a challenge, uh, let's start there. Let's see what open source models are available and uh, uh, build on top of that. A lot of times it's not a single model that would solve your problem, but uh, just finding out what other people have done in that particular direction helps a lot. Um, it helps you start thinking about what is possible and it helps you understand what exactly can be uh, changed together to create this uh, uh, overall solution. That's great. I really like that. I think that's really, really practical and useful advice. Well, thank you, Maria. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, how can people um, find NCI, find your work? Uh, can they reach out? What's a, what's a good method there? Oh, absolutely. Um, we have a website. It's uh, www.nciinc.com. Uh, we are also on LinkedIn. Um, you can search for NCI Inc. or NCI Informational System. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn, uh, Maria Carino. I'm always happy to connect. And I apologize, you just had some participation from my golden retrievers. <laughs> I love it. It's uh, the COVID Zoom world. It's, it's always fun. Well, thank you so much, Maria. Thank you.